Magandang hapon po. Good afternoon. Alright. So, if you are not uh, familiar yet, uh, we are uh, proceeding with our se uh, series for March and April uh, connected with the Lenten season. And in line with that, uh, we are going through the Gospel of Luke and our theme for the whole month is about walking with Jesus. So we are looking at selected passages in the Gospel of Luke and seeing how people at that time experienced our Lord. Ang hope natin dito when we're doing this is that as we look at these stories, we, it will draw us closer and appreciate who Jesus is, how He interacted with people, what did He say, and, and how people responded to Him. So, uh, if you would, please open your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. So, hindi po tayo nag chapter by chapter. We are skipping chapters and we're uh, focusing on uh, selected passages. So, Luke chapter 7. So, if you read through the, the Gospels, how many of you uh, finish in, 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 your, in your lifetime? Have you read through the four Gospels? Yan, very good. Nice. Na nabasa nyo na yung Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And what you will see is that it is common for you to see people regardless of their status in life, whether they're young, they're old, they're Gentiles, they're Jews. They will be amazed at Jesus. So just imagine, just think about, you know, think about it for a second that you're in that timeline and that you're meeting with Jesus. And you're seeing him doing, you know, doing a lot of miracles. You're, you're one of those people who were fed uh, with, uh, with just five, uh, five loaves and two fish. You will be amazed, right? You know, people are amazed when they see Jesus heal people or feed uh, people, uh, feeding the 5,000. They marvel with the way Jesus teaches. And they are surprised when he says something that they haven't heard before. In fact, sometimes Jesus will say something that's very offensive. Diba? Ayun yung, yun yun yung text natin from last Sunday that sometimes, you know, Jesus will say something very offensive because it's the truth. But there are rare instances, there are rare instances that Jesus was the one amazed by what a person did. So, baliktad. Si Jesus yung masusurprise o ma-amaze dun sa ginawa ng isang tao. And our passage today is one of those rare moments when Jesus was amazed by someone. So, let's read all together. Just follow me uh, with your maybe phones or hard copy Bible. And I will read Luke chapter 7, 1 to 10. Luke chapter 7, 1 to 10. After Jesus had finished all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. Now a centurion had a servant who was sick at the point of death, who was highly valued by him. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent him elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they pleaded with him earnestly, saying, he is worthy to have you do this for him. 
for He loves our nation. He is the one who built our synagogue. And Jesus went with them. When He was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, to saying him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did, I did not presume that to come to you, but just say the word and let my servant be healed. For I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, turning to the crowd that followed him and said, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who have been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. So, how do we get the Lord to look at us with favor when we are in desperate need of his help? How do we receive that favor? How do we get God's attention? You know, in this passage, allow me to share with you you know, two approaches that we can find on how we can appeal to the Lord to grant us His favor. But after looking at these approaches, two approaches, I will share with you the key behind these two approaches that will ensure that we have the Lord's favor. You know, when we are, when we are going to apply for something, for those who are going to look for a job or... Uh, apply for a master's degree or you're you're just looking for something uh to to grant you some favor you need someone na ang tawag natin sa pilipino kailangan mo ng padrino kailangan mo ng kailangan mo ng backer para para makapasok ka uh, in my in my experience i i i had that experience uh, i mentioned this before when i think of many sundays ago I don't know anyone from ATS. I don't know anyone from Asian Theological Seminary, except for those who are graduate from Asian Theological Seminary. Pastor Zuriel, uh, si Pastor Aldrin kasi I met him there. Uh, of course, Pastor Nomer and, and some of our pastors. So I don't know anyone who will help me be admitted sa, sa seminary. So, so I said, Pastor Nomer, I don't, I don't think I can, uh, uh, I can pass the admissions in this seminary. The, the qualification is too high. Uh, I don't have that qualification. Uh, I might fail. <laughs> but he said, Sige, akong bahala. <laughs> so, yun sabihin sa kanya. Sige, akong bahala. And a few days later, he emailed the admissions office, copied me on the email. And the email said, um, so we have a, a volunteer from our church who wants to enter the seminary. I will vouch for him. I will vouch for him. Long story short, I graduated from the seminary because of that. Because someone backed me up. I got the favor of someone who can make something happen for the seminary. 
So ano yung pwede nating, ano yung ginagawa natin o ano yung mga pwedeng approach natin so that we can appeal to the Lord's favor just like what this centurion did. Keep in mind, in this whole story, the centurion never met Jesus. All right? He never met Jesus. And he's not the one who's sick. Yung servant niya ang may sakit. So parang pasa-pasa lang yung mga, yung mga scenario. So let me go right ahead and talk about the first approach that we have to get the Lord's favor. And this approach is based on merit. We appeal to the Lord based on merit. And you will see three different kinds of merit. Meron ka ba ng mga merit na ito para magkaroon ka ng favor ng Panginoon? Ang unang merit is yung merit of affliction. Merit of affliction. So verse 2, you will see that the centurion had a servant. The Greek is doulos. Keep that in mind because you know, eventually you will see why this is important. So the centurion had a bond servant. If you have a bond servant at your home, that means you don't pay that person. It's a property. It's a property. That, pers- that servant was sick at the point of death, but he was highly valuable to the centurion. So, you know, it's human, it's human nature for us to empathize, diba? to feel bad when someone is suffering, right? We know it's unnatural. So when, when, we, see stor- when we hear stories about abuse, we say that's not right. When we hear stories about you know, what happened in New Zealand recently, we say it's not right. When we hear a story about a lady being raped and brutally murdered, we say it's not right. And when we are suffering because we know it's not right, we feel that the Lord should act on it. Lord, hindi naman dapat ganito. So, you know, your attention should be upon my situation because I am suffering. Dahil nahihirapan ako, you know, the Lord ought to look at my situation and do something about it. You, we count it as a merit because we are suffering. This is not supposed to happen. Lord, please pay attention to me. I'm not saying this is you, but maybe someone you know. You know, when we know some people who are suffering... And they love the suffering. They wallow in suffering. They love the verse, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The Lord is close to those who are crushed in spirit. So dahil malapit sa akin ang Panginoon kapag ako ay brokenhearted, lagi na lang akong brokenhearted. Dahil malapit sa ako sa Panginoon, kapag ako ay crushed in spirit, I will talk about being crushed in spirit. Kasi hopefully when I wallow in that suffering, maybe the Lord's favor will be upon me. We call it self-pity. We call it you know, unnecessary suffering. But in essence, we are asking 
the Lord's favor based on our merit of affliction. But there's another uh, merit here. A merit of affection. So yung kanina, affliction, ito naman merit of affection. So yung mga elders, yung mga Jews lumapit kay Jesus, they pleaded with Jesus earnestly saying, ano sabi niya? He is worthy. Ano sa Tagalog yun? Karapat dapat siya na gawin mo to para sa kanya. Kailangan mong gawin to sa kanya kasi, bakit daw? He loves our nation. He loves our nation. You know, you know the, what the elders are saying, the elders of that community, the Jews, they are saying, you know, this guy, the centurion is different. He is different. Although he represents the nation who conquered us, he shows affection towards us. Kahit na siya ay Roman citizen, tayo ay Jews, kahit na siya ay Gentile, at tayo yung kalaban, mahal niya tayo. And because of that, Lord, that counts, right? That should merit to Him. He deserves for you to help Him because He loves our nation. So in relationships or maybe in, uh, in courtship, sa mga young people, because I, because I love you, because, because I have this affection towards you, you ought to do this for me. At least man lang i-appreciate mo na binibigyan kita ng flowers. At least man lang i-appreciate mo na nag effort ako para sa'yo. So in, in, a, you know, in a husband and wife relationship, a wife will do a lot of things. Pag hindi gumagalaw ang, ang asawa, ang, ang asawang lalaki, sabihin, bakit ka ganyan? You ought to do this for me. You're supposed to do this. And that's called merit of affection. Dahil mahal kita, kailangan mong tumingin sa akin. But there's also a third kind of merit that we appeal to the Lord. It is based on the merit of accomplishment. So yes, they pleaded with Him earnestly. He said, He loves our nation. Pero meron pang isa. He is the one, etong centurion na ito, ang bumuo ng ating chapel. Siya ang gumawa ng simbahan natin. He is the one who built us our synagogue. So this guy... Yes, he has personal accomplishments. You know, being a centurion, you're, you're ruling about 80 to 100 soldiers. It's possible that you're a captain. That's, that's your rank. Pero meron din siyang social accomplishment. He built an establishment that's not for his own country. He built an establishment, a religious establishment that doesn't have to Walang value sa kanya. So this guy is good, right? This guy is, is awesome. This guy is well accomplished. This guy is entitled. He has it. So, you know, in a personal sense, we will say, Lord, I did good in my life. Diba? I, I did good not just for myself. I did good for others. Lord, I was a good citizen. Hindi ako nagbibiting the red light. 
Hindi ako nag-jaywalking. I pay my taxes. I donate to charity. I go to church. Lord, I give my tithes. Lord, I serve in a ministry. Lord, I lead a Bible study group. Lord, I'm part of a care group. I did these things and therefore, please give me favor. You know, brothers and sisters, we need to check our hearts from time to time. We need to check our hearts. If, you know, we are doing our spiritual disciplines because we are building up, you know, a certain merit so that when the time comes, when we appeal to the Lord, we have enough merit so that God will at least give us a little favor. You know what happens when our life is revolving around, you know, appealing to the Lord based on these merits, whether you're suffering, whether you're saying you have a relationship with the Lord, whether you're saying you have accomplished these things. When you don't get your way, you will say, Lord, you're so unfair. Lord, you're so unfair. And I've heard a few people say that, sadly, from from. You know, from a Christian background, they will say, Lord, you're so unfair. You know, a few days ago, um, many of our uh, members, including our leaders, uh, joined and, and visited uh, Kalawan Christian Reformed Church. So our church is fairly represented in supporting um, the Bernardino family in, in the wake of Pastor Ver, the, the brother of uh, Pastor Nomer. So we heard... You know, many stories about how awesome uh, Pastor Burr was as a pastor and, and, and as, a, as a husband, as a, uh, a dad. And I, I'm, so, I'm so amazed with how I, I personally know Pastor Burr and I'm so amazed to hear those stories. But I specifically rejoice to hear that Friday night that even in his final moments, he did not even said any lament. He is suffering. He has a merit of affliction, this guy. He can say, Lord, I love you. He can say, Lord, I've, you know, I, I've been a pastor of this church for 25 years. Why would you do this to me? He kept fighting and fighting. And when it's done, you know, the family praised the Lord. Never uh, one, of, one family member who was there at that moment when he died said, I've never heard my brother lament to the Lord. This is the warning that we see in, uh, in Matthew 7. And Jesus talks about this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, Jesus says, 
I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. This is the ending, this is the warning, and this is the danger when we appeal to the Lord's favor based on our merit. Whether it's your suffering, whether it's your love for the Lord, whether it's your accomplishment, it counts as nothing. Pastor, ang bigat naman yan. <laughs> ang bigat naman yan para sa hapon na, na, na preaching. First point pa lang po, it gets better, I promise. I promise. So that's the approach that the elders are saying, the, the elders of the Jews, the Jews are, are saying to Jesus, you need to help this man out because he has all these merits. But you know what? There's something at the second half of the passage, something different happen and this is the second approach that we see they are up he is appealing to the lord based on faith okay he is appealing to the lord based on faith how did the, the centurion show or exercise his faith in this story you know we will see in this passage how his faith has developed in three stages okay it was not just a quick you know, experience na, boom, I have faith. I have strong faith. It happened in three stages. The first stage is hearing faith. Hearing faith. So before the centurion professed great faith towards Jesus, he heard about him first. He heard about him first. We see that in verse 3, when the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent it to him, elders of the Jews, asking him to come and heal his servant. You know, this is where his faith and our faith starts when we hear about Jesus. The reason why we are all here, the reason why for those who grew up in a Christian home like I am, it started because your parents, your grandparents heard about Jesus. They heard about Jesus. This is important because it's what Romans 10, 17 says. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. You know, it's unclear if, you know, we don't know what happened or what the centurion heard about Jesus, but whatever it is, it is enough. It is enough for him to seek him out. It is enough for him to ask some Jew elders to plead on his behalf. So hearing faith, but, you know, he did not stop there. Hindi lang siya tumigil dun sa narinig niya about Jesus. Yung hearing faith can turn into believing faith. Pastor, hindi ba redundant yan? Hindi ba redundant yung sabihin mong believing faith? Let me explain. So verse 8 says, Pinapaliwanag ng centurion, bakit hindi na kailangan pumunta ni Jesus? Sabi niya, for I too am a man set under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, may sasabihin lang siya, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. So this guy, by just saying something, things will happen. You know how awesome would that look like, right? If you're... If you're a 
if you're a manager, you know this. <laughs> Please finish this project by tomorrow. At hindi papasok yung empleyado. <laughs> How awesome it is when you say something to people, it, they will do it and it will happen. But there's one thing that he cannot do. There's one thing that he is limited. He cannot say to his servant, be healed. So, so for him, Jesus is not just a teacher. Jesus is not just a miracle worker. Jesus is not just a prophet. For this centurion, Jesus is so much more. And this is what he believes about Jesus. This is what he believes about Jesus. He singles out one very important character of Jesus that other people saw, but they never acknowledge it. He singled out Jesus' authority over life, over sickness, over death. He knows that. He professes that. Yung servant, I mentioned kanina, yung servant is called a doulos or a bond servant. This bond servant has no authority authority even to his own identity and destiny. So he is completely under submission to his master, the centurion. So this centurion is exercising his complete authority over his servant, but he can't do anything about his sickness. And now he recognizes how I, you know, how I accomplish my military training, how I exercise my authority with my servant, I know Jesus has that too, over life, over death, over sickness. And that's what he believes about Jesus. That's why Jesus was so, uh, Jesus was so impressed by the centurion. Because he is professing with his mouth Jesus' nature of his complete authority over a person's life. You know, some people in Israel have seen Jesus speak with authority. They saw him heal people. They saw him cast out demons, yet they never recognized his authority. Remember that time when they went on a boat to pass, to go to another side of the lake? Jesus was with his disciples and there was a storm. And during that storm, so, binabagyo na sila, pwede silang mag-capsize, pwede silang malunod. Anong ginagawa ni Jesus? Tulog. <laughs> Tulog. Sabi nung disciples, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we are going to die with this storm? Anong response ni Jesus? O oh, you of little faith. And then he said, Peace be still, and the winds and the waves come. You know the reaction of the disciples? Who is this man that even the winds and the waves obey him? That was the clue of the kind of authority that Jesus has. And yet the centurion, never experiencing that, never saw, probably never saw Jesus 
healed a lot of people, probably never heard in person Jesus speak uh, with authority, with little to zero evidence he believed in the authority of Jesus over his life, over a person's life, over, uh, over uh, sickness and death. A man, the centurion who commands 80 to 100 soldiers, is appealing to someone who commands the entire universe. And he knows that. Look at this passage, Colossians 1, 16 to 17. For by him, this is, uh, this is Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together. My friends, if we recognize the complete authority of Jesus over all our lives who is holding your life together who is holding all your life together that's what the centurion believes he has this believing faith but you know what from hearing about Jesus from believing in Jesus the centurion did not stop there his belief in Jesus turns into trusting faith. Trusting faith. Ito yung buong statement nung, nung centurion. Lord, do not trouble yourself. Wag ka nang pumunta, Lord, please. Wag ka nang pumunta, for I am not worthy. Quite the opposite on, on what the, the elders mentioned earlier. The elders said, the, the elders of the Jews at that time said, you know, this guy, he is worthy for you to do this to him. Sabi niya, Lord, do not trouble yourself for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you. Nagpadala lang ako ng friends. But I trust you. Say the word and my servant will be healed. How powerful is that? He trusts that Jesus can simply say, be healed and it will happen. You know, our, our Christian walk will be less messy if we say these words to the Lord. Say the word, Lord. Say the word. What he believes about Jesus, the centurion, is showing in his humility and trust in his word. So in, in essence, the centurion is putting his money where his mouth is. And sa Tagalog, itinataya niya yung buhay niya yung reputation niya, yung mangyayari sa, sa servant niya with what the Lord can do. Kaya nga mas maganda yung Tagalog translation eh, ng, ng faith, di ba? Hindi siya 
hindi lang siya paniniwala ano ang anong Tagalog pananampalataya sampa taya sampa taya that's what trusting faith looks like Hebrews 11:6 says without faith it is impossible to please God for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him but pastor I don't have a great faith like the centurion I struggle with my faith from time to time sometimes I I I get confused whether this is true or not Does that mean God is not pleased with me? When my faith is shaken, when I even when I even question if he he exists, does that mean God is not pleased with me? You know, by the end of this message, I hope that we will find the answer to that. But let me ask you first a question. May quiz na naman. <laughs> Hypothetical question, dun sa story natin. So, yung mga, yung mga friends nung centurion pumunta kay Jesus and said, Lord, do not trouble, trouble yourself. Um, we don't have to go. Just say the word. What if lang? What if? They returned to the house and the servant was dead. What if? When they returned to the house, when they said to Jesus, "Say the word, and our servant will be the servant will be healed," and when they returned, the servant was dead. Do you think the servant would change his mind about who Jesus is? What do you think? Well, if he changed his mind, it means that he does not truly believe what he said about Jesus. He's just saying it to impress Jesus. He's just saying it because it's the right thing to say. Here's another question. Question number two. Mas mahirap. Did Jesus heal the servant? Pinagaling niya ba yung servant? Because the centurion exercised his faith? Pinagaling ba ni Jesus yung servant kasi yung centurion professed his faith? Sige, wag, hindi ako magpapataas ng kamay kasi baka sabihin nyo. <laughs> Ibulong nyo na lang yung, yung, yung sa palagay yung sagot nyo dun sa katabi nyo. Did Jesus heal the servant because the centurion exercised his faith? Sige, what do you think? Yes? No? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Pastor Siret. <laughs> do you think that's a question that we need to be asking?
Sige, let's resolve that in the final point. Here's the key to receiving the Lord's favor. So you have uh, appealing to the Lord based on merit, and then you have appealing to the Lord based on faith, which is a good thing. If the Lord healed the servant based on the centurion's merit, it's called transaction. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. If Jesus healed the servant based on the centurion's merit, it's called a transaction. May ginawa yung centurion, then Jesus, tinapatan lang. It's transaction. If Jesus healed the servant because of the centurion's faith, it's called reaction. Reaction. But if Jesus healed the servant because Jesus has absolute authority over life and death, and he chose to use that authority without any outside influence but his own mercy, it's called grace. It's called grace. And we see the evidence of grace right in the middle of the passage. You don't see that very often, but this is what happened right in the middle of the passage. Jesus went with them. Jesus went with them. Think about this for a second. The one requesting was a Gentile, a centurion at that. He did not request, you know, he did not make this request personally. Nagpadala pa siya ng mga tao. Those who pleaded on his behalf, Use the merit approach. They said, you know, he deserves this, these things. You know, if, if, if Jesus was a 21st century theologian or scholar, and the, the, the Jew elders approached Jesus and said, he deserves all these things, I'm thinking lang. I'm thinking lang. You know, Jesus' response would probably be different. He would say, um, well, that's good, but your theology is wrong. Uh, come back to me when you, when you say the right words. But even if their theology is wrong, even if the one requesting is a Gentile, even if did, Jesus did not see the person personally, Jesus went with him. Jesus went with them. You know, grace is the key to receiving the favor of the Lord. Not our merits, not even your great faith. It all starts with the grace of the Lord. So we receive God's favor, not based on our merit, but based on Jesus' merits. There's still an affliction, but not your affliction that gets God's attention. It is His affliction. By His wounds, we are healed. It is not your affection to the Lord that gets His attention. It's His love for you and me. His affection for, for the Father and for you that He died on the cross. And it's not your accomplishment, the good things that you do for yourself, for your family, even for the church or for the nation. It's 
what Jesus accomplished with his death on the cross and his resurrection. That's what counts ultimately. That gets God's favor. And we receive God's favor not because of the quality of your faith, but because of the object of your faith. Kaya nga meron tayong passage like, you know, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move and it will be moved. So people see that passage and say, paano kaya ako magkakaroon ng mustard seed faith? Gusto kong palipatin ng Mount Pulag na medyo malapit-lapit ng konti para araw-araw kong aakyat. It's not the quality of your faith, but who your faith is directed to. And it's Jesus. So what does this mean for us today, for you and me? You know, I hope that by reflecting more on these things, it will help shape our prayer life. This is the only specific thing that I want for us to, you know, to take away from, from hearing and remembering this story. You know, I hope that it will shape the way we approach God in prayer. I hope that it will give us a fresh appreciation of the phrase in Jesus' name. Diba, we end our prayers. If you grew up in a Christian home, if you grew up in a Catholic home, you say in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But if you grew up in a Christian home, you will notice you now we pray in Jesus' name, Amen. So, tatanungin ka ng anak mo, ako tinanong ko yung parents ko ng time na yun, tatanungin nila, bakit natin ginagawa yun? Bakit mo ine-end yung, yung prayer mo with these words? You know, we, we might think it's just an, you know, a nice way to end the prayer or it's the password to make sure that your prayers are answered or you, know, you use this phrase panakot sa multo <laughs> pag natatakot ka na yun ang sasabihin mo <laughs> You know, this phrase has so much more meaning. When we end our prayers in saying, in Jesus' name, we are saying, Lord, I recognize that it's your affliction that merits the Lord's favor. When you say, in Jesus' name, you're saying, Lord, it's not my affection towards you, but your love for me. When we say, in Jesus' name, you're saying, Lord, you accomplish everything on the cross. And when you end your prayer, in Jesus' name, your request is out of your hands anymore. And it's on the hands of the one who can do something about it. It's on the hands of the one who can make things right for your life. And making things right for your life doesn't necessarily mean something you like. Now, aside from that, I hope it will also help us rejoice when our prayers are not answered. It will help us rejoice when, when we prayed something and something else happened. When we prayed for a job and we failed. 
when we prayed for healing and it did not happen, even in those moments, we can rejoice. You know why? If God answers all your prayers the way you want to, then you are in charge, not God. You are in charge. You are the one ruling, not God. And if you are the one ruling over your life, I know this for my life. I know this for myself. I am a lousy ruler. And if I'm ruling for my life, I will make a mess of things. So when your prayers are not answered, you can say, Lord, thank you. Because you know better. Lord, thank you that you did not give what I want. Because you have authority over my life. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16 says, Sabi natin kanina, I started with you know, someone who's a padrino, our backer, someone who can get the Lord's favor. This is our greatest backer. Since then, we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens. Who, he, who is he? Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but the one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And because of that, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace the throne is no longer a throne of judgment for you and me it's a throne of grace because of jesus we approach the throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need let me end with another verse, and then uh, a, a prayer that I have been reflecting uh, a few days now. You know, I think you know, one testimony of St. Paul is a good summary of how you know, this, this passage comes together today. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, his accomplishment. The life I live, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, not just on its own, but faith in the Son of God because he loved me, not because I love him. And he gave himself for me. This is what it looks like to appeal to the Lord's favor, our union with Christ. So I mentioned from time to time that I have been reflecting on the Puritan prayers, and let me share with you another one. This is the last part of that, uh, uh, page 49. The prayer says, I rejoice to think that all things are at your disposal, and I love to live them there. Then prayer turns holy into praise, and all I can do is love and adore you. 
Lord, I want not the favor of man to lean upon, for I know your grace is infinitely better. Let us pray. Lord, this is our prayer. This is the prayer of our hearts to rejoice knowing that our prayers, no matter how small or big, is at your disposal. Lord, it is our request that our prayer will become a praise to you realizing that we can stand on grace when our faith is shaking. Lord, search our hearts when we approach you, when we appeal to you based on our accomplishment, based on our affection, and sometimes based on how we are suffering currently. Search our hearts when we use those things for our merit, and help us remember that it's the affliction of Jesus, is His affection and His accomplishment that counts and not ours. Lord, increase our faith. But even if you in, do not increase our faith, Lord God, let our faith always be towards Jesus because He is the one who perfects and completes our faith. Lord, help us rejoice even in in times that you do not answer our prayers the way we want to. Help us rejoice knowing that you know better. Help us rejoice because you can do, you are able to do, and you will do what is right. Lord, help us understand that you have authority over our life, over sicknesses, over death, over suffering and to leave them all at your hands. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.